Welcome, creatures real and unreal, to the unfair folk, an unbalanced undertaking to understand myths. I am your kidnapping co-host, Jack, and my pronouns are he, they. I'm Foster, uh, your connecticative tissue uh, (coughs) co-host. My pronouns are they, them. Connective tissue? No, I was going for a mix of connective tissue and Connecticut. Get on talking about Ruffles Creamy Ranch and Barbecue or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're the first person ever to make a joke about how Rumpelstiltskin is a weird-sounding word. I actually thought I would scratch your linguist itch. That sounded worse coming out. Par- I would Ooh, cater yeah, to your linguistic my, taste. Scratch my language itch. <laughs> scratch your language area. <laughs> I would, That's worse. It's the worst one. I would cater to your linguistic nerd tastes. Uh, by having a little of uh, the origin of Rumpelstiltskin, because it is a very weird word. It, there's not much about why Rumpelstiltskin is called Rumpelstiltskin in the story that we in America know. Now, the story that we in America know is the uh, usually the Grimm's Brother version, and yes. they just sort of, if you are unaware of what the Grimm's Brothers, Brothers Grimm did, they essentially went around... Europe, I suppose you could say, to European people and asked them for folktales, to tell them folktales. And then they compiled all these different versions that they had heard and sort of picked out a thread of story. What are the constants that have held on through all of the variants? A a lot of folktales were and are passed down. Exclusively through verbal history. Yes, especially before, not even like before we had a printing press, but before we had, you know, uh, the internet <laughs> like you would just kind of tell your stories and uh, other people would tell stories and it just got passed down through children or passed along to like friends how like Bigfoot or Mothman like not many yeah. people read published books on there are some of them but not many people read published books on Bigfoot or Mothman but like you still sort I'm of sure know they're the all story. incredibly well researched oh you very would... grounded in factual evidence I feel like because we're running a mythology podcast, we can't talk shit about people who are like, I'm going to look for Bigfoot, but I will say oh, that no, I have I'm never... Oh, no, I'm just talking about if you're publishing a book, like... Mm. Well, there's two when roads pub- to that. Okay, when you're publishing a book on a subject, on something that is not strictly fiction... Yes. Like, if you're not right, like, you are going to then be held to the same standards as, like, scientific studies and well... autobiographies and stuff <laughs> like that. I would say... If you are writing a book about, like, the origin of the myth of Mothman and, like, the bridge collapse and the subsequent, like, development of mythology and and that sort of thing, or, like, the development of the myth of Bigfoot, that's one thing. If you're going to come out in page one, you're going to be like, Bigfoot is real and he tried to eat my ass or something, like... (laughs) Okay, the name Rumpelstiltskin, it means, uh, little rattlestilt. A Rumpelstilt or Rumpelstilts with a Z. Uh, was consequently the name of a type of goblin, also called a pop heart or poppert. But they, the Rumpelstilter Rumpelstilts was that type, was the name for that type of goblin because it made noises by rattling uh, posts and rapping on planks. Uh, the meaning is similar to Rumpelgeist or Rattleghost, which is like similar to a poltergeist. Would you like to play a game? Say yes. Uh, yeah, I guess. (laughs) Good, because you have to. I am going to name the titles of other stories that have the same sort of pattern as Rumpelstiltskin. 
you know how like Cinderella is a story that exists in like every culture. They just don't call it Cinderella. Like it's a different name for everything, you know, even saying like it's a it's a version of Cinderella is me saying using Cinderella as my entrance point as the benchmark yeah because i was raised on because the european Western. cinderella uh that sort of story of like a poor girl with an evil stepmother and then was like married to the prince and he found her by some article of clothing or another is is around in a lot of different places uh reading the different yes. versions of it i actually really enjoy um that's one of the th things that i do on this podcast pretty regularly with any myth that i bring up because even if like it is a greek myth with its origins in greece there is very likely other myths that resemble it or other myths that have grown out of it or other versions of that myth as it has grown and evolved like even even with modern day myths um like mothman or bigfoot that are relatively recent like there's different branches already branching off from it which is i think the one thing that i take umbrage with the brothers grim they wrote down their version of the myths and then everybody was like oh this is the version of the myths and uh -huh. i couldn't say whether or not they claimed that i didn't know the fellows personally i'm sure a historian or a, i don't know grim's brotherian like expert could talk about this but people really have used like oh the original you know like the brothers grimms the original like no this isn't this isn't like hans christian anderson where he wrote a story and that is the original story that he wrote they took a story that had already been diverged and split into a million parts and wrote down what they thought the good and the right version of it was or just you know the most common one the first one is sort of an easy one this these can be from essentially anywhere in the world um some... wait so what am i what are you expecting me to do to like just guess where they're from or yeah i guess uh we can like go continent and then you can narrow it down from there some of these are going to be sure. relatively easy uh the first one is is the title of this version of rumpelstiltskin is tim tom tit tot i you could guess this the name should fill I you mean, with enough rage just to guess based this. on the word on the name tom i'm it obviously is presumably either european or american okay then yeah this is british mm -hmm. english specifically um it's from english fairy tales in 1890 by joseph jacobs which i think is a song okay. <laughs> the lazy beauty and her aunts that sounds like a really sloppy tr english translation of something like from a different language so it i'm is... gonna say i don't know French. Mm, no, a little still European. Yes, you are correct. Think a little. Think UK. Well, well, I don't want to actually start an argument about that. Okay, I'm just gonna say it's from oh, Ireland. So Ireland. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's from the Fireside Stories of Ireland. When you say think UK and then you say <laughs> I don't wait, never start, mind. Wait, never mind. It's from the Fireside Stories of Ireland, which was written in 1870 by Patrick Kennedy. Klamushka. I'm just gonna the wheel spins. Come on. on Russia. Yeah. Yep. For sure. It means junker. In Russia, oh, sorry, it would be Khamushka. The the uh, of course the phonetic way you spell that is K H L A M U S H K A, but the the you're supposed to kha, the first part of it because the X in Russian is yeah. Kha. You're talking to I I do not support romanization of non romanized like non Latin based languages. Yeah, that's usually all so I have to go off. So like for you don't have to you don't have to explain the flaws of that to me. This one I'm definitely going mm. to butcher. It's Joy Dane. I'm gonna guess Korean then. No, not not East Asian. Think Souther. Uh, let's. I'm bad at maps mm. also, so I could completely be leading you astray. It's Arabic. I don't know. <laughs> let's just kill that. It translates to "he who talks too much." 
Uh, Gilly Trout. This is, I think, cold. Uh, yeah, that sounds Finnish or something. Iceland. Close. Ah, uh, not too far. Whoopity Story. We're back in Europe. I was going to say, I don't know, is this like some New Yorker who is just like, ah, whoopity story? Like, No. Oh, so, I mean, probably like, what, middle of... Scotland. It's from Robert ah. Chambers' Popular Rhymes of Scotland in 1826. Ah. God, I hope that there wasn't too bad. It really was. Um, okay, this one is, oh, God, Rumpelsimpercomper. Rumpelsimpelcomper, or Rampelneek, or Martin Zvonik. I'm going to go ahead and say German here, probably. Mm, no. Closer to Klamushka. What was it again? Rump... <laughs> Don't make me. Rumpel... Uh, Rumpel, which is spelled R-U-M-P-L, and then Simper, which is C-I-M-P-R, and then Camper, which is C-A-M-P-R, and that's all one word. Or, in from the same area, Rampelneek, or, again, same area, Martin Zvonik. Martin Zvonik? Who pulled that one out of where? When <laughs> when you are going to pay at a restaurant, what do you ask for? Oh. Don't say oh and then get quiet. This isn't well, a trick I question. Mean, it's Czech Republic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that I thought that was a given. Okay, well you didn't say anything. You said oh and then got I said, quiet. Uh. I yeah, said, you're still I thought you were to gonna answer. move I thought you were moving that along. No, I was trying to get you to guess. That's the point of a game. Martinko Klingyak. This is also I don't know Russia, um, Martian Klingon. Uh, no, that one Polish Slovakia. Yeah. See, once we get into the like the Eastern European like ex-Soviet bloc states, <laughs> it's just like I I don't fucking know. All of them are so similar but so different that I'm just like that's fair. The next one is from Croatia. It's Vilidreta, and then we have Ludo Quedito. You can maybe guess that one. So what was it again? Rido, yeah. Rido Quedito. Um, this is also a continent. You said we're back in the Western Hemisphere. Yeah, it's, here? yes. There's like one. There's like two options. It's a continent. It's not Alaska, <laughs> Antarctica. Alaska is also not a continent. It translates to little noise. If that helps. I was gonna shoot in the dark here and say something maybe like South, like somewhere in South America. Yeah, it's literally little noise from South America. Yeah, Pansimansi. Wow, that sounds like a slur. P-A-N-C-I-M-A-N-C-I. Punky monkey? Also sounds like a slur. That's from Hungary. I was going to say maybe France or something. They're stupid No, language. do you want to know the... Fr okay, here's... This one is... This one is, in fact... Also, by the way, Pansy Monty or whatever, however the fuck you pronounce that, is from... Holy shit. Ktoska Ferulia. It's from... By Emile Grandpierre, which is based on a 19th century folktale connection by Laszlo Aronai. Aronai? Aronai. Um, and then there's Daiku to Oniloku, which translates to a carpenter and the ogre. I'm going to say uh, this one was made by Pixar, and it's the foundation of Shrek. No, it's Japan, though. It's no. from Japan. And then there's uh, Mirmidon, which is something you guessed earlier in Europe. Yeah, I'm going to say France. Yeah, ding, 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 you win. God, French is just so on the nose. Nothing they do is subtle. Mare, mer, mermidal. We really must, we must put a stop to this. We must put a stop to this. It, last question, and then you'll be able to sit back and relax and listen to my beautiful voice tell you a beautiful story. Um, what do you know about Rumpelstiltskin? When I say the story of Rumpelstiltskin. I know I've heard of it. I know very little, bordering on nothing about this myth in you asked me if in it, actuality you asked me if it included a tall person yeah i don't know I, that but i'm sure that was my mind just going stilt tall 
I find that extraordinarily funny for reasons that will become apparent. The story starts in a small village in that weird sort of fairy tale time when it's like kind of middle ages everywhere, <laughs> no matter when the story is being told. I've noticed that too with white people who write adaptations of fairy tales to be in other cultures. They just pick whatever the culture's equivalent of like middle ages was. And if the culture didn't have an equivalent of that, they just sort of like mush a bunch of shit in there. They're like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, whenever the Chinese people had like silk looms, but not opium, but not chopsticks, but like definitely did wear those like kimono things. And I don't know, throw in some like birds in cages and I guess a pug. So we're just in like the steampunk Victorian era of things of where it just didn't actually happen. Yeah, well, minus the steam and the punk. <laughs> This, I'm, I'm speaking specifically... No, but the equivalent, you get what I mean. Yeah, like, just like... the Vic Steampunk didn't happen, but it's no. set in Victorian times. Still didn't yeah. happen. This is... Well, go yell at Jules Verne. This is taking place in sort of the small kingdom or the small village within this kingdom. And there is a miller who starts bragging... About how shit his beer is. About, well, no, this... No, it's a miller. <laughs> so all they do is make weed. Miller, Not a brewer. Miller, Miller Light, Miller. Come on. No, no, just just Miller, like with like flour and wheat and stuff. He goes around kind of running his mouth off. In some versions of it, he's a drunk and he just starts talking very loudly in a bar about how his daughter, his single daughter, is is so beautiful and so talented and so amazing and just better than anyone else and blah 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 blah. Sometimes he's just a braggart, but. I've heard more than one version of this where he's like off his shit drunk when he's bragging about this. And he finally, you know, he's getting drunker and drunker. He's just, you know, going off on a tangent and and exaggerating his daughter's abilities beyond what is realistic. And finally, to the great delight and probably skepticism of everyone around him, he says, my daughter can spin straw into gold. The word travels, Right. And as it would, as it would, because nobody had anything to do. There was just rumors. Yeah. And, and like gossip. everyone's in this time, everyone's illiterate. You can't just go read a book or something, even when you're no. bored. Like there's like three books go, and two of them are the Bible. The other one's the Bible, but it's in a language you don't speak. So it's useless. Yeah, that's actually but it's why still the Bible. Yeah. And Bibles used to just be printed in like full Latin when they were first printed in German. People were terrified that the peasants would be able to read them and like learn and interpret God's will for themselves. And they were like, this will be used for evil. And I love that. All the priests trying to keep all the good God's word to themselves, even though that's literally antithetical to what the Bible tells you to do. Anyways, I'm an ex-Catholic. Can you tell? In some versions of this, the miller lies directly to the king. I couldn't find a good version of this that like explains why, because most of these are written for kids like nowadays. I couldn't find a good version that explains why the miller was lying to the king in the first place or like why he was in front of the king in some versions it's just like the king was in the pub when he was bragging or the king was riding by riding through his village and overheard it somehow this word gets back to the king and sometimes again it's like word of mouth right like which i don't think logistics matters all that much no i mean it's about fairies but it does interest me again like with all sort of little plot holes or little missteps in 
mythology or fairy tales. It's a fairy tale. You you just suspend your disbelief. It's like the king heard Foster, about this and you're like, cool. The whole point of this podcast is to pick apart fairy tales. That's the whole point. That's what you signed up for. You have to sit through this. It's in your contract. Anyways, word gets back to the king. The king hears this fantastical tale that there is this beautiful young woman often referred to as a girl, which I find quite creepy, uh, because she's supposed to, if she is young enough to be referred to as a girl, she should not be in this situation or be spoken about in this way. But again, it's an old Mind fairy tale. Mind you, though, medieval times. Even then, the whole, like, people married super young is very blown out of proportion. People usually didn't. Like, if people were getting married, like, in before puberty or, like, during puberty, it was usually because they were the only alive members of a bloodline or it was like a child wedding to ceremoniously display two bloodlines being like uh, between two kingdoms being joined there was very little actual like i am marrying this very young person to a very old person or i am very marrying this very young person to a another very young person and they're gonna have children like now Anyways, because again, it mostly happened to like when it was like a super young person with a super old person, it was rare, seen as gross and done usually by like gross, bad, rich people like in power royalty, you know, gross, bad, hey rich guys, people. You, royalty. Do, you, do you see any parallels with that in the modern day? No? <laughs> Anyways, huh? if you really want to get big mad, look up Leonardo DiCaprio girlfriend ages. There's a graph. It's fucking horrible. It will fill your eyes with blood. The king hears this wax story. And because it's the Middle Ages and nobody bathes or believes in water, he's like, oh, interesting. There's someone who can spin <laughs> straw. I know that we th we've always thought, like, ooh, gold is very impressive. I, I dig that. Did they not know? And I know the economy's fucked because it's the Middle Ages. If she really could spin straw into gold, you would think he wouldn't still be a miller, right? Yeah. Like working you know in a shit he'd town. Be doing? He'd be selling gold. And ben or he would be, like, paying for beer with <laughs> golden straw. But... He didn't, because he was lying. The king rolls up to this village and, like, is, you know, asks around, I guess, hey, where's that drunkard who was bragging about his daughter? And... And I'm sure there was zero threats of violence. Well, I mean, he probably didn't fucking have to, because he didn't, like, roll... If the king asks you, you don't assume, like... And, in fact, the miller was probably thrilled when the king showed up and was like, hey, show me your daughter. <laughs> Another sort of version of this fairy tale is that the king was looking for a wife and sort of sent the word out that if you have an eligible daughter, come to me and make your pitch, I guess. And so, of course, he got letters from, like, rich people and noble people and blah, blah, blah. And then this miller rolled up and thought that he could, like, roll with it and went, you should marry my daughter. She's very beautiful. And the king's like, okay, but you are nothing. Why should I marry your offspring of nothing when you are not like i own you basically what is there to gain and he's like well my daughter can spin straw into gold because he panicked i guess wanted that good good in-law money at that point you just say i don't know she gives like she gives bomb head or yeah something. again you're middle ages you're up that blowjobs didn't exist <laughs> blowjobs were the devil she... but god forbid anyone touch your penis the king retrieves the girl somehow. He might have even, like, sent someone out postmate style to get her. And he sh he brings her to this room filled with straw and a spinning wheel and gestures to the spinning wheel and says, spin all this straw into gold by morning or else. 
And sometimes the threat is direct. The else is implied. Well, sometimes it's just like, spin all this straw into mourning, and he shuts the door and leaves. And she's like, I, okay, I'm fucked. Like, when he gets back, I'm I'm not going to have done it. You can't disobey the king. And she's freaking out because she either doesn't know what is going to happen, or, by the way, never has a name. Never found a name for this girl. That wasn't, like, obviously made up by the author. So, it's always yeah. just the Miller's daughter. And again girl young woman i have no idea how old this person is marrying age let's say 20s for my peace of mind i was gonna think i was thinking knowing you know the middle ages i don't know like 14 no again like that was still very gross back then yeah but like we're talking about a king here it's not like they have high morals I guess not, but again, for my... This is supposed to have a happy ending, too, so we're going to pretend that she was at least 18. Sure. Because it's also a fairy tale, and... I just assume the worst on both ends. I just assume it's this fucking ancient, haggard old man that's just been, like, his whole life. He's like, I own you, (laughs) do what I say. Because, you know, that's how... Like, feudal lords, they didn't, like, just control the... Like, they owned the people that lived on the land. To, to so, set like, the tone of I'm this I'm not better. expecting a high moral bar no. here. No, you, and you shouldn't, because, again, this is from that sort of time. But because of the, again, the time it came from, and because of, like, the moral of this particular story, I guess, um, you should picture the king as relatively young and attractive, <laughs> enough so that if the young woman was not in this deathly situation, she would be quite overjoyed to find his attention directed on her and like that is actually brought up in some versions of it where the woman is more the focus of the story like she is developed more she is given a name she is given dreams and wants like that's usually also the versions of the story where the king doesn't threaten her and a lot of the time she thinks Mm. like wow i sure wish she was paying attention to me for a reason other than the fact that i supposedly can spin thread into gold straw into gold uh even worse than thread but she can't she can't do this thing. And regardless of how attracted she is to the king or not attracted to the king, the king has said, spin the straw into gold by morning. Again, divine right of kings. You just don't not do it. It's a real good thing that I exist when I do. Otherwise, I would have been killed a long time ago. Oh, for ago. sure. Me too. Like, for sure. I'd be dead. I, I don't even know if I would make it, if I would be old enough to be killed. Like... Yeah, you would have been, they would have tried to drown you because they would think that you were a witch and cursed your own bones or something. Yeah, that's actually probably, like, with my weird behavior problems as a child, I probably would have been, like, exercised and or, like, abandoned in the woods because I was a changeling. So maybe idealistically I would be, like, a feral (laughs) woods child and people would leave food out for me so that I didn't kill their chickens. I think that would be my best life possible to, like, hope for. Just completely feral in the woods. That's what you hope for in 2020. Yeah, but then also my bones hurt a lot and I like soft beds. So I can aspire (laughs) to greater things now that we have like Netflix and the like. But back then they didn't. So she just sort of sits down in most versions of this story trapped in this tower. She sits down and just starts to cry, (laughs) which is really empowering, I think. As you do. Um. In the final moments of my life, I imagine I will do Well, that's kind of the worst part is that it's implied the king goes to get her like in the daytime and he says you have the rest of the day and all night and until morning to spin this straw into gold. So she has like hours to dwell on her impending doom or punishment. Rapid onset mortality. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. With ADHD, I think that would be my worst nightmare. Like dying sucks, but I would rather die not bored out of my fucking skull. 
Like, give me a Sudoku or something. That's desperate. I fucking hate Sudoku, but it would still be better than just Sudoku. Don't get me started on Sudoku, because we've gone down this <laughs> path have, and you don't like you're it. you're a Sudoku nerd. In most versions of this, again, she just sort of sits down and cries. In some versions of this, she tries to escape. She tries to pray, I guess, in some of the like more religious versions of this. In some, like, tricky versions of it where she is i I don't want to say pagan versions of it but in some versions of it that are not strictly christian or through a christian lens she uses some sort of i guess you could say magic in the sense that this was again a time when everyone sort of did a little bit of magic so she didn't like pull out a cauldron and prick her finger and summon a demon um but she might have set an incantation and crumbled up some leaves she had in her dress pocket in order to achieve the result she was trying to achieve. Regardless, in any case, what happens is a little guy shows up. Emphasis on little. He is often described as an imp-like creature. Small enough to punt, do you think? Yeah, maybe knee-high. He is sometimes called a dwarf. Sometimes he's just outright called a fairy. Um, sometimes he's called a goblin. Sometimes it's just like a small man. Sometimes it's just like a strange being. The depiction of him ranges, but it's always like a kind of dude guy thing. And they're always little. Little. He just sort of appears there. He sees her crying. In the versions of things where she was crying and not like trying to summon him, he just sort of poof appears and goes hey ma'am miss why you why you why what's what's got you so bummed she responds i am going to die because my drunk father ran his mouth and told the king that i can spin stronagold and i can't so the king's gonna kill me because i can't do that and he expects me to do that and the little imp guy was like i can do that And she goes, oh my god, could you really? Please do. And he's like, okay, but like, what will you give me in return? And she sort of is like, I don't have really anything. And then she remembers she has a necklace on. And so she takes off her necklace and she offers it to him. And again, usually the necklace is not described in much detail. This isn't like a Tiffany's choker. This is like a Target choker. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't think we can compare it to jewelry nowadays because it's far more... Like, you can, you can go to Target and get a necklace for, like, 20 bucks. Like, back then, if you had any jewelry, regardless of the... Yeah, that's the thing. Like, back then, you could have just some fucking garbage on you. But, like, it was it was handmade, so people valued it a lot more. Even though the vast majority of it surely was just fucking twine that was barely scraggled together. Well, yes, and I mean, there was also, like, a lot more time to make shit. So if you had any spare materials, you probably also had more like know-how on how to weave and knit things and do that sort of dealy not necessarily have you seen what people do with their with food in their fridge i'm talking about back then (laughs) i know like you had to know most people had to know some at least basic let me make bad (laughs) jokes and and he was a miller too so like millers were very rarely in the lowest uh class of people could you know people always needed flour people always needed wheat so she she passes over her necklace and he accepts this as payment and he jumps to the spinning wheel and spins all the straw into gold faster than she thought possible and then vanishes before sunrise and the king comes in after you know dawn and sees all of this 
straw spun into gold. And he's like, wow, I didn't think you could do that. Like, honestly. (laughs) And he, in most versions, like, she gets food. Some versions he gives her, like, something nicer to wear um, or lets her take a bath or something. I don't know. In some versions, they actually spend the day, like, talking and hanging out. And then the next, like, evening rolls around and he takes her to a larger room with more straw and (laughs) is like, okay, do it again. And locks her in again and sort of repeats the same thread of like either implied or outright says, I'm going to cut your head off in the morning if you don't do this. And she sits down and she's like, well, I delayed my death by like a day, I guess. That's fun, but I'm totally boned now. And the imp shows up again and she's like, oh, thank fucking Christ. It's you, my best friend in the world. And the imp's like, okay, yeah, so like same setup. You just want all this spun into gold. And she's like, yeah, sure, but I don't have anything to give you. I I gave you my necklace. And he's like, well, do you have anything else you can give me? She's like, well, I have this ring, like this kind of simple ring. Will will you take that? And the imp's like, yeah, sure, I'll take it. So he does the same thing. He spins all the the straw into gold. uh, And the, the king rolls up the next morning. And everything's great. Now, here I'm going to pause and tell another version of the same story because that the listeners didn't hear me do this, but uh, Foster just heard me take like a five-minute break to track this one down. Um, it is one that I mentioned earlier. I had forgotten that I'd actually read this one, The Lazy Beauty and Her Aunts. So this one is the is from Ireland. And uh, what happens essentially is that there's this poor woman who has a daughter that's very beautiful, but very, very lazy, just not good at anything. Like all she's good at is being pretty. And the funny part of this story one of the many funny parts of the story is that you expect that to be you know the moral of the story is her at the end she learns not to be so lazy no no she gets super rewarded for being lazy and pretty and like doing absolutely nothing because god what fucking goals honestly it's it's funny it's literally like bimbo rights because the widow woman goes around saying you know she can uh spin thread as fine as anything not spin thread into gold mind you but just spin really well she couldn't she was very very bad at it but the Mm -hmm. prince's mother hears this and i think the prince also just falls in love with her because she's very pretty um and the prince was like you have to impress my mother and the mother's like well how well do you spin because she brings her to this part of the castle and is like spin all this flax into the best thread that you can and she's sitting there like trying this and just fucking up real bad and this little old woman with like huge feet appears and is like what's wrong and she's like i have to spin all this flax and i'm terrible at spinning and i'm fucking terrible like i and i want to marry this I'm guy fucking awful at i'm fucking awful I at do. everything i'm just really pretty and i just want to marry this prince and be pretty but his mom wants me to be a good spinner and i fucking can't um and so this old woman is like i will help you. All I want is an invitation to your wedding. Uh, And she's like, fucking, hey, sure. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Go. So that happens. And uh, the next night, a woman with like a a fat ass, basically, (laughs) wide hips, like very wide hips is literally how she's described. Mighty well-shouldered about the hips is what this version of it says. Built like a brick shithouse, I believe. But just the the hips, just like, yeah, well, just... The hips, though, like Pixar mom hips. Ah, <laughs> I hate that. real dumper, like, as dump we truck, would call yeah. that in the business. Like Mrs. Elastic, or whatever her name, Elastic Elastigirl. Girl. Elastigirl. Elastigirl. 
Mrs. Incredible, whatever she's going by now, shows up and is like, again, the same. I will spin all this flax into very fine thread if you invite me to your wedding. She's like, of course. Third night, same thing happens. Because again, also in, in all of these cases, the queen is like, excellent, do it again. It's ne- One is never enough for royalty. It's three times because it's fairy tale. Don't you know royalty operates on the same rules as Mario? Is, you what gotta is... jump on the boss's head three times in Mario. You oh gotta my god! Salt. You gotta spin the fucking straw three times for the royalty. Uh huh. Okay. And then both of them end up with somebody dead. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I I can't speak to Mario, but I do know that in fairy tales, three trials. Repeating, one's yes. a fluke. Twice is eh, three is like okay. Yeah, or like three wishes from the genie, or like it's just it's the the number that people use three good fairies and one bad one you know like that i was gonna say it's the lowest non-two prime so yeah that's obviously why what the fuck okay so the third woman shows up and she has this big red nose not getting into it oh god the woman with the big nose red nose shows up and uh helps her spin thread too in some versions of this too there's like she the first woman spins the thread the second one weaves it into fabric and the third one makes it into a shirt right or like makes it into a bunch of shirts um or dresses or whatever uh in some versions it's her wedding dress that she's supposed to be working on like the queen says you can marry my son but you have to make your own wedding dress uh and these three women like how many derivatives how many derivations are we down now eight or nine so many there again there's so many that's but that's what's so interesting there can be a million versions of the same story and they're all special i just love this but uh at the at the the day of the wedding rolls around and she's in this beautiful dress right the three old women show up one by one and like the first one with big feet is like your aunt has arrived will you you know let her come in and the bride is like sure and this like again it's always exaggerated this ugly old woman in terrible clothing with huge feet rolls up and everyone's like who the fuck is that like who invited her and then the bride runs over and it's like auntie well no the bride is trying to sort of act like nothing's going on like ah. she's she's like oh shit i forgot that i made the deal with these women um but the prince is like oh i would i want to you know i want to meet your family so he goes up to her and you know has some discussions and then apparently at some point he decides to just be a huge raging asshole because he asks this woman tell me why are your feet so big (laughs) and sometimes it's uh uh sometimes it's the prince that asks this sometimes it's the queen i like i like to think that the queen would ask it a little bit more in this specific telling of it as well because like she was also the one who was like you can only marry my son if you know how to sew but even then like wanting your son's wife to have some sort of skills and not just be very pretty is not the worst thing but like also who are you to tell your son he can't marry a pretty stupid girl like why not just let him maybe he's all he's probably also pretty and stupid they'll be i was gonna yeah i was gonna say there's a fair chance like pretty and stupid marries pretty and stupid that might be it though maybe she wants the the girl to be smarter because she knows that she'll be the one running things and it's like, listen, my son's a fucking idiot. You at least need to know how to sew. Um, but regardless, the so let's say that the queen asks this woman, why is your why is your why are your feet so big? Or sometimes it's just one foot. Why is your foot so big? And the old woman is like, oh, I I've worked at the spinning wheel so long 
uh, in working that foot pedal. I don't know if you've ever seen like old timey spinning wheels or sewing yeah. machines. You actually have to like pump it. Oh yes, like a bicycle old pump. looms are uh, even looms like a technical innovation. Sure, still a lot of goddamn work. Yeah, early sewing machines you had to pump with your foot and this was just the spinning yes. wheel. you had to pump it with your foot and it like takes yep. a lot and you have to do it constantly because that's how you spin and she's like i was just i've spun so much my foot has gotten huge because that's how that works and the, the queen's like okay and then this happens two more times obviously with the woman with the broad-shouldered hips comes in and the the queen is like why is your ass so fat <laughs> and the woman goes oh well i've sat at the spinning wheel for so long that my ass just got huge, which again, not how that works. That's closer to being reality, but that's not how that works. I don't think just yeah, sitting makes works. just your ass big. Like, that's not what Kim Kardashian did. If only. Did. If only. And that's the other thing that I always find funny. They're trying to make this woman sound like super ugly by talking about how fat her ass is. And in like 2020, I'm having to explain that that's an insult. <laughs> Um, like, no, 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 this is a bad thing. Back in ye olden days... A big bug uh, was peop- unappealing, yeah. A fat ass well, and juicy toes were not uh, culturally why, acceptable Jesus. enough. Oh, I didn't want to go there, Foster! <laughs> why would you summon Quentin Tarantino into this holy space? Oh my <laughs> god, I have to go pour bleach in my eyes. Okay, no, but then the third lady shows up, and she is, again, the one with, like, the big red nose, which there's just all sorts of beauty standards being pulled apart here and the queen is like hey why is your nose so big and she's like oh from squinting at the thread for so long it made my nose big like that's or or because i was bent over the stitching all the blood in my body ran to my nose sure and after every one of these the prince turns to his new bride and is like if I see you spinning, if I see you working at a loom, if I see you, I guess, sitting down too much, which is the weirdest one. If I see you bent over a needle, I will run away from you. I won't love you anymore. And then I want to read this a little bit because this is, again, almost word for word, the ending of the the story the first time I, I heard it. And I fucking love this. And in troth, truth, uh, pe- girls and boys and others, though it's a diverting story, I don't think the moral is good. And then if you thuckings go about imitating the lazy girl and her laziness, you'll find it won't thrive with you as it did with her. She was beautiful beyond compare, which none of you are. And she had three powerful fairies to help her besides. There's no fairies now, and no prince or lord to ride by and catch you idling or working. And maybe, after all, the prince and herself were not so very happy when the cares of the world or or old age came on them. I fucking love that. They tell this whole story about how this girl was so pretty and lazy that she got to be queen. And they end it with, you're not pretty. You're not pretty enough. There aren't kings anymore. You fucking have to do your goddamn work because fairy tales aren't real. And even if they are, fairies aren't going to help you because you're not pretty enough. Because you're not special. Because you're not special. Now get back to spinning. Just because it was a funny... Like, I love that. That's like the opposite of purity culture that we get nowadays. And here's the thing. I'm not going to be like, I'm a libertarian. Purity culture is bad. Because definitely like... 
you should be cognizant of the message you're putting out there in the stories you tell. Anyone that says I'm a libertarian is just immediately that's like just putting my dad's up one a libertarian. A let me, me put it that. That's way. just a putting a kick me sign on the back of your shirt. Yes, like, absolutely. Like I'm not I'm not going like snowflakes these days won't let me say the R word. Like no, absolutely not. But I do think it's very funny that they tell this story and are like hyper aware of the fact that the moral of the story is and everything worked out fine and then like took the time to add into the story. You, this will not happen to you. Fucking hit the books. Love that. Amazing. <laughs> so that that's that version of the story. This version of the story ends quite differently because this little imp does not want an invitation to the wedding. So on the third day, they hang out again. He, I don't know, starts connecting with her and they're flirting now. Again, you have to imagine that this guy is somewhat young and somewhat handsome. Um, we're going to put them both in their 20s for my, again, peace of mind. Of course. Third evening rolls around and he takes her once more because, again, everything has to be three to a third room, even bigger than the first two. Some people just make it dramatic and they'll be like, it's the biggest room yet by far. Like it's three times the size of the others just because why not? It's just bigger, uh, still filled with straw. She is told once again to spin the straw into gold by morning or else or else. Yeah. Additionally, the king goes, if you do. I'll marry you. She's like, hmm. Well, again, not much of a choice here, but you are the king, so sure. And he leaves and put yourself in her shoes. She is banking on the little imp showing up again. She no longer has a necklace. She no longer has a ring. I will tell you she also doesn't have any other jewelry that she she has nothing. She literally has nothing else to offer him at this point. So the imp shows up and... In the cowardly versions of the story, he doesn't talk to her this time. He just starts spinning. And she tries to stop him and is like, wait, I don't, I really don't have anything to give you this time. And then once he finishes, he turns to her and says, in exchange for this, I am owed your firstborn child. Sometimes it's firstborn son because sexism. And then disappears. The reason this is the cowardly version of the story is because the people telling it don't like the idea that a woman would trade away her firstborn child in exchange for their life. First off, that's not how fairies work. Let me, let me just say that. <laughs> fairies can't. That's not how they work. In literally every bit of mythology about the fae, unless it's just... It's like saying Superman gets his power from the moon. Like, it's just not... It's not. You're it's close, wrong. and it's your, you could not be farther well, away. Okay, it's like saying Superman gets his power from kryptonite. It's not even close because Faye can't. Faye have to make deals. They have to have a pre-written, not pre-written, pre-agreed upon deal in order to hold any power over a person. So a Faye could not just show up and do something for you and then demand something in return. That's not how the Faye work. Because then inversely, what you could do as a human is leave something out for the Faye, like cream, milk, bread, they enjoy sweet things, usually are traditionally offerings, a uh, cake, uh, and then say, you know, once they took it, well, now you owe me. Try that. Try that and see what happens because it won't be good. <laughs> Like, in, in mythology world, if you, like, go up to a fae, hey, you took the honey I left you, so I want you to write a, like, you, you have to write a paper for me now, or you have to shine my shoes now. You're, you'll wake up with your house on fire. Like, that's not how that works. <laughs> 
That's that's ridiculous. That's like giving a present to the Godfather and then saying like, now you owe me and I want you to kill someone for me. What is no, the, no. Okay. No, 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 no. Like leave out some honey and the Fae eat it. And then you like write him a letter and say, hey, you liked the honey. Uh, you want to talk? You, they would consider that a disingenuous start to the relationship. They don't like the idea that they're being bribed or paid. It's more just like, it really is a present. Like, if you leave something out for the Fae, it is, I am leaving this out for you because I would like you to enjoy this. And then if the mood, like, strikes them, they will do something nice for you conceivably, maybe. Ah. It is also, like, commonly leaving stuff out for the house uh, Bogart or Brownie. Those are things that, like, live in the house so it's the acknowledgement of like we share this space and i want to be hospitable to you because if i'm not you're going to make my life here a living hell like there's no <laughs> evicting a brownie really it just doesn't work like that it's the house's brownie so again like not how that i think works. it's how my cat works yes Faye and cats have a lot in common except also Faye and cats might not get along depending on the Faye. cats might attack them there are stories of like depending on the temperament of the fae that they might steal uh even like cat food or animal food or treats from the animal or like their toys or things like that like they might go missing because fae are also not meant to serve humans right like their own entities they just like sometimes help people out like brownies will hang out in a house and they will take care of the house supposedly you know like clean stuff up and do nice things and keep things looking clean and the people just happen to be the there. people just exactly it is not like it is our brownie it's the house's brownie it you exist in essentially the brownie's house this is why this shit also happens a lot more or like allegedly uh happens a lot more is talked about a lot more in europe the houses built in america are not that historied you know, like oh, the yeah, house... no, in America, like a hundred year old house is pretty old. Whereas you open up a pub in England and you'll be, and if the building is only a hundred years old, you'll be like, oh yeah, it's a pretty new building. Mm -hmm. The relationship that European people have with their, specifically, I don't know, Irish, Scottish, that sort of thing, have with the land there and the like beings, the mythological beings that inhabit that land is a very different relationship than the majority of colonizers, white invaders have with American land mm -hmm. you know but in a lot of european places not to say that there weren't there isn't some shit that happened in europe that can leave some bad vibes around for like sure, for, sure, but, for sure, uh... <laughs> for sure but on like a one-to-one -one basis it, there is a presence in this house is not as intimidating uh, yeah because like shit's just been around like... for a long time there's a there's a chance that just little timmy died or something and it's like oh hi timmy and even then like there's 800 little Timmies, so they're all pretty chill and... The ghosties have friends, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas in America, it's more like... It really is just kind of like the vibes. Is it in your house or is it in the depths of the, of the woods? Because in Europe, there are like some... In like Ireland and Scotland, there are some like hills you just don't climb at night. Like yeah. you just don't go up there. That's their area. They have their area. Like don't fucking go into fey circles and shit. In America, it's just so everything's fucked for white people, which, you know, it's fair. Reasonably. Reasonably. Because the imp is a member of the Fae, and because young woman knows this, because she saw the motherfucker spin straw into gold, and it's a tiny little dude, and he appeared in a locked room. Like, she doesn't—there are—there's en enough, again, local lore and mythology that she's not like, I don't know who this dude is, but blah, 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 blah. Like, she knows he's Fae, so she knows at least that much about him. She would know that deals aren't broken with Fae, 
deals have to be made by Faye and that they will hold you to your word and you can hold them to theirs. Mm -hmm. He shows up the third night and she's like, listen, we are in endgame time because this is the make it or break it thing. Either I'm going to die or I'm going to become queen. <laughs> and so in the the version of it that I like, she she starts trying to uh, essentially take out a loan, right? Saying, I will be queen. I can give you all the gold you want. I can give you Ow. anything. If you just do this for me now, I will owe you one. And she knows, here's the thing, she knows that's a very dangerous thing to say because owing the Fae, never a good place to be in. Never, no. never, never, never. But her life is literally on the line. So if I was in the situation, I would also promise almost anything to not die, you know? To yeah, not die. I don't, uh, there's no blaming on for there. Like, I think that's a pretty so, reasonable reaction. Which explains the next part because this little imp dude is like, okay, I want your firstborn child. And regardless of the emotions she has At that point, you that, just pump one out real quick and get it over with, I think. Well, we'll get to that. The, she, she agrees. Regardless of how long it takes her, she agrees. She did not go into this blind. I refute that. I rebuke it. And that's bullshit, essentially. She knew what she was getting into. She knew the imp meant it. She didn't think that, oh, maybe he'll forget. She didn't think <laughs> that... Like, because some stories try to do this. She's like, maybe he won't come back. She didn't think that, oh, once I'm queen, I'll be able to stop him. Some stories say that too. No, bullshit. She wouldn't think that either. Like, no, no. She's not the bimbo from the Ireland story. And I use, by the way, when I say bimbo, I use that term with the most absolute affection and adoration. Like, I'm not insulting her. I am in awe of the fact that she was so pretty. <laughs> she got to marry a prince and three fairies just like rolled up to help her because they thought she was really pretty and they were like, oh, she doesn't know how to do shit. Let's help her out. Love that. Uh, she agrees. She says, I will give you my firstborn child. Again, sometimes it's specified son. And in the, in the versions where it's specified, you know, your firstborn son, she thinks maybe I won't have one. <laughs> maybe I'll just have daughters. And like, again, in this time, that wouldn't be ideal. The imp keeps his side of the deal. And which is again required and spins all of these straw into gold. The king finds her on the third morning in this room full of golden thread now. And he's like, amazing, let's get married because it's a fairy tale. And the fact that I've almost killed you three times doesn't matter for our happiness. And she's like, yep. When so the alternative was dying of cholera, yeah. Probably. Well, dying of cholera or getting fucking beheaded, but like, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, uh, but like, or no, I'm talking, or... you know, you either like, it's like, hey, do you want to marry the crazy, mean, abusive, murderous guy? Or do you want to die of cholera? It's like, yeah, I guess I'll take the, yeah, I'll, I don't take, know. I'll I mean, take again, the rich like, asshole over cholera. I, rich people definitely were also dying of cholera. Like, they, oh, nobody totally. Knew what the fuck to cholera just water. comes of like being in a population center. Yes. Like, uh, where nobody knows what germs are like she was a miller's daughter so she wasn't like starving but again like it was not much of a question really what boils down to is she wasn't really given a choice like she yeah. couldn't say no to this she might have wanted she might have even like given the choice have said yes but there wasn't really a the choice was death or marriage <laughs> i don't know insert something aren't those two the same yada yada waka waka they get married and she gets pregnant in some of these stories she's just like pregnant and 
ready to give birth and the imp shows up like a week in advance or whatever to be like just checking in that's mine like that whole deal you got going on in there is mine uh in the versions where she specifically promised her firstborn son or firstborn son to the imp she's like pregnant and just thinking like god i hope it's a girl i hope it's a girl i hope it's a girl but like her motherly intuition or whatever says oh i know it's gonna be a boy and sure enough like i almost called him ratatouille ah! yes the baby's on the podcast everybody that's it for me i almost called him ratatouille the baby's name is ratatouille no, I was talking about the imp, but that would be even worse. All Almost the called both. the imp Ratatouille. They're both Ratatouille. Well, what the the baby is Remy, the imp is Ratatouille, or the baby is Linguini. I've never seen um, Ratatouille, so sure. What? I'm pointing a gun at you until you watch Ratatouille, like right now. There's um, a okay. There's a lot of like you know Disney childhood movies, yes. classics that I. That's just... not a childhood classic. That came out in like 2011. That it, it's become Google so it. culturally relevant though. Like it's. Oh my god! It came out in 2007. I'm gonna kill myself. Also, I was thinking like that came out when I was in elementary school. That's like. Mm, I hate that. I thought it came out way after that. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen The Lion King. I have not seen Mulan. I have not seen Sleeping Beauty or any of that shit. Right. Yes. I feel like Ratatouille. I mean, you told me you hadn't seen most of like the princess movies, but I feel like Ratatouille. Ratatouille isn't even Disney. It's Pixar. Ratatouille is a princess movie. <laughs> Ratatouille is a princess movie. Anyways. Okay. Not Ratatouille. The imp shows back up and it is like, hey, your child is mine. I'm one. As soon as you give birth, like I'm going to yank Yoink. that sucker. Like, you can keep the placenta, I'm taking everything else. And she's like, how about instead I give you anything else? Because now she's gotten attached to the child. That First mistake. At that point, it, wait, for this, could it? Could they just not have a baby? Do you it, want to describe the pullout method to middle-aged people? Like, this is conceivably... No, but I mean, like, I'm not talking pull-out method here. I'm talking, like... Don't fuck? No, I'm talking, like, like a forced miscarriage. They were probably pretty against that. And also, the king definitely probably wanted an heir. King doesn't have Like, to the know. king doesn't know any of this happened. You do that in the chamber happening. pot room. Like, I don't know. Like... Maybe... Again, you're thinking very dark. <laughs> I know this is, like, a grim... This is literally the Grimm's brothers. So the brother yeah. of Grimm or whatever. But, like, no... There is no version of this where she contemplates self-aborting. Well. I don't think she didn't, like, want kids. I, I just think she didn't want this imp to take her child. She would rather not be dead is the thing, too. Well. So, like, first death. If it came down to it, obviously she's not gonna, like, she can't walk back this deal. I have presented my ideas. Sure. There's also, again, the risk of if she doesn't get pregnant or if she gets pregnant and keeps losing the baby, like... Fucking, Does maybe the this king, king just is kill King her. Henry. Does the king just kill her or divorce her or get a concubine? Like, no. Maybe she wants kids. Fucking, I don't know. Couldn't be me. The imp, yeah, no, me neither. But the imp shows up and, and inversely, whether or not, you know, she was super invested in this child, she might have had some time to think about it and be like, it would probably be better for me to not give this child to a fairy because my husband would be very mad about that. And you can't break a deal with a fairy, so... I'm either going to have to figure a way out of this or I'm screwed. So she starts trying to barter with this guy. And while you can't just undo a deal, you can amend it. I would have loved to see this written out 
in like dialogue in like modern day dialogue too not just like ye olde thine thou though because eventually they get to the deal that he will not take the child mm-hmm. if she can guess his name <laughs> just whole cloth now sometimes she has a certain amount of guesses sometimes she has a certain amount of she always has a certain amount of time it's usually three days because threes three days threes Sometimes she has she only has three guesses each day. Sometimes she has as many guesses as what, she like can. What, like ad infinitum or? Well, it's either three guesses for three days, so a total of nine guesses, or she has three days to come up with a name. And like legitimately he will show up and she will read out a list of names and he'll just keep being like, no, 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 no. And in that version of the myth, it's very funny because she, like, goes around to everyone in the castle and is, like, all the, like, scholars. Because she has the king's, you know, purse at her fingertips. Mm -hmm. So she, like, sends people out and she's like, bring me the most names. So she has, like, babynames.org open on her fucking clay tablet and is just, like, (laughs) running through them for hours. And this little imp is like, no, wrong, no, wrong. In some, in the ones where she just has, like, three guesses, she kind of does the same thing where either she thinks up you know literally i've seen some written out as what does this little imp look like she's like he kind of looks like a george or maybe a flanders or like she's literally just kind of trying to like vibe check him which i love because what (laughs) the fuck but again like how do you get to that deal the the realistic answer is that for the fey knowing names is power you should never tell your name, your real name. And by real name, I don't mean the name you were given at birth by your parents. I mean the name that you you know to be your real name. So I say this as a trans person because despite, you know, my name has been legally changed. But even before that, uh, my dead name, as soon as I stopped going by it, like regardless of whether or not people would refer to me as my dead name, that wasn't my name. So if I got in a, you know, fairy situation and the fairy asked me for my name... Uh, There are two things. One, you can't lie. You can't just say my name is George if your name isn't George or if you don't go by George or if, you know, like you can't just lie. The name you give, if in response to may I know your name, what is your name, may I have your name, et cetera, et cetera, can't be a lie. Faye fucking hate being lied to. They can't lie. They are incapable of lying. That's part of their mythology. They can tell when you lie is also part of their mythology. They are human lie detectors. Uh, Well, inhuman lie detectors. (laughs) You can't lie to them, but you also can't tell them your name. Because if they know your name, they can do stuff with it. This is actually one of the, you know, stated reasons of why people started giving their children middle names. Uh, Not just for fairies, but for witches. Because it was believed that if a witch wrote your name in like a book, their, their book of Satan or whatever, they could control you. So you would have a secret third name so that the witch could write like john smith but they wouldn't know that your middle name was jim <laughs> so imagine your name being john jim john jim smith. smith jesus christ I mean, your parents do not love you yeah i was thinking of like crucible times so uh, you, your parents do not yeah i mean like crucible times like you, your parents don't love you no you're your a parents tool don't know what love is but uh, also holy fuck you like they just actually could not think of anything for you aside from Oh, God, I don't know. What's the guy from down the road? John? Yeah, that's good. What's your dad's name? Jim? Yeah, fuck. What's our last name? Yeah. Smith? Fuck Smith. it. Sure. Roll with it. Run it. I mean, we're the blacksmith. We are the town blacksmiths, so that's just how it be. Um, <laughs> the Fae are like reverse vampires. 
let me explain. You know how vampires need permission to enter your house? Yeah. Fae are trying to get you to be rude or break some rule or social nicety to put you at a disadvantage. Vampires are relying on social niceties to take advantage of you. They are just that makes sense. a bunch of twats, really. When it comes down to... God, be so careful, Foster. You're going to be fucking taken by the cacti demons, I swear to Jesus. So, they are trying to get you to, like, be rude or break a promise or make a promise or, you know, lie or whatever, because then they, they got your ass. So if a fae asks, may I have your name, or may I know your name, or whatever, the, the response is usually something along the lines of, you may call me, or I go by blank. Uh, in, my, in my living as a trans person for quite a while, I've been, uh, like, I've come to learn, I've come to realize and grown to love the fact that people just call you what you tell them to. Your na like, names mean nothing well, names are what you say they are. Yes, to Faye so, especially, especially to Faye. This so is like, not about you go into Starbucks what is on a birth and you say your name is you say your name's Kyle. They don't <laughs> know if your name's actually Kyle or not. Neither do the Faye. If you're telling them to call you Kyle, well, they would. They're gonna they call. They're gonna think that your name. They're gonna be like, mm. yeah, your name's Kyle. No, no, but like they have not you gotten your go real by name. Kyle. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 They are. They are able to you identify. Fucking pedant. Well, no, because I thought what you were saying is, like, if you lie about your name, they won't pick up on that. They super will. Oh, so no, I, I meant, like, your name that. can be Kyle. You go into Starbucks and you say your name's no, Kyle. Yes. The guy at Starbucks doesn't fucking Has know. no idea if that's true. They They're just like, K-Y-L-E, okay. Yeah. When, when you're dealing with a fae, you can say, you may call me blank, is usually how to approach that situation. And you really do just got to pick a name that has absolutely no tie to you. Because even if, you, if you're like, okay, you may call me Raven fucking whatever uh and then you start t telling all the fey you meet you may call me raven if enough fey know you as raven that becomes your name <laughs> you know in some capacity that becomes your name so it really does have to be like either per fey or like per event like if you somehow roll up to a fey court and there's going to be a bunch of fey talking to you you can say to everyone there for that night you may call me raven but then the next time you roll up to, like, the PTA, the FTA, Fay and Troll Association, <laughs> um, you have to go by, like, Twig or some shit, right? Or Crow or some shit. Um, sure. It's just, you gotta watch out. Watch out. In some versions of this, there is not even a, if you guess my name, I will leave. It's just that the queen knows, the now queen knows that if she knows his name, she can hold power over him so she starts trying to send people out to find where he's hiding like he shows up and says i'm going i'm coming back to take your child in three days bye and then she's like the only way i can stop this is by figuring out this imp's name which will give me power over him and allow me to not give him my child um yeah so either she follows him or has someone follow him or something like that but the first two days pass, right? And she either gets her three guesses in or guesses a bajillion times and none of them are correct. And the night before the final, you know, dawn of the final day, either she goes into the woods or someone is sent into the woods, whether, you know, depending on how dirty she wants to get her hands now that she's queen. And she stumbles across this leering, 
cottage, cave, some sort of area. And uh, I like to think that it is a fairy circle because that seems... I don't think this particular imp would just have like an Airbnb cottage. So (laughs) I find it baffling that she in some of these stories and a fair amount of these stories finds like his house. Like that's not how Faye do. He wasn't just staying in town. But he is dancing around this fire, as one does, alone in the woods in the middle of the night, as Faye do. That's not even like a joke, really. Uh, And he is singing. This part of things baffles me because I don't know how or why a Faye would do this. It's essentially the equivalent of when a Bond villain starts monologuing and, and, and you just know that he's either like, going to take up so much time that Bond will have escaped or during his monologue will give up the secret to stopping his plans, right? Like, Haha, if only you weren't trapped, strapped to this table with the laser cutter. Yeah. Because then you would have perhaps been able to find out that the simple solution like to my machinations were to simply press the button on top of yeah. the bomb. And then he like kicks the laser and the laser hits the button or whatever. Yeah, shit like that. Um, yeah, like... Because this little imp is dancing around and singing, and in every version, the song is a little bit different, because I'm assuming the original German-like song was not rhyming in English. Um, This one, this one that sort of struck me, uh, is, Tonight, tonight, my plans I make, tomorrow, tomorrow, the baby I take. (laughs) The queen will never win this game, for Rumpelstiltskin is my name. And it always sort of ends with that. Nobody tries to rhyme with Rumpelstiltskin. Gee, I fucking wonder why. Well, it ends with kin, so it could, like, that's not a rough... I feel like people just don't like the meter of it, right? Like, I'm assuming in German it was a lot easier to rhyme with Rumpelstiltskin. He sings a little rhyme about how he's going to win because his name is Rumpelstiltskin and nobody in their right fucking mind would ever guess that as a name. Because you also have to imagine, again, like with all the names we talked about, Tim Tom Tot, Whoopity Story, they are not common names. No. Most of them are either puns or allusions to objects. Like Rumpelstiltskin is a reference to an object. So not a name you would guess. The imp comes to the queen on the third day. And here's where I think the queen stops being a sympathetic character for me. Because in the version where she has a bunch of guesses, she Mm -hmm. guesses, she's like, okay, I'm going to fuck with him a little bit because I super know his name. And so she guesses like, is it Jack? And he's like, no. Is it Fern? Tom? No. Is it Rumpelstiltskin? And then he, like, loses his shit. But in the version where she only has three guesses, she does the same thing. She guesses twice and, that like, that she knows are wrong or that she thinks she knows are wrong. And then she guesses Rumpelstiltskin. Mm-hmm. Here's my point. First off, your child's on the line. Is that a good mic drop moment? For sure. But your child's on the line and... And it's a little suspicious that you learned this motherfucker's name from his song, Dancing Around a Fire. So, like, I would hedge my fucking bets, right? Like, I would come up with two backup names. Oh, yeah, I'd be like, uh, is this a double bluff, or... Yes, exactly. Like, my first thought would be, okay, he wants me to guess Rumpelstiltskin to lose up one of my, use up one of my guesses. 
especially in the three guess one. Like if I had infinite guesses, I would just be like, okay, I'm still going to have a bunch of backups, but I will guess Rumpelstiltskin. Even then, I will guess Rumpelstiltskin. You go, you hit that first and be like... If I had unlimited guesses, I might do like a slow windup, but then even then, like, if you're wrong, he's going to lose his shit. Like that's going to be the most humiliating thing. In some versions, he immediately goes like, the devil told you that. Um, or you're a witch for knowing that, things like that. And he literally like throws a tantrum. In the 1812 edition of the Brothers Grimm version, he runs away. He just like runs away and be angry. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1857, they changed this. They updated it to be more gruesome because I guess in the 1800s, things needed to be worse in the 1850s like i don't know why 1812 was like yeah it just runs off and then 1857 they like updated that version um in the oral version originally collected by the brothers Grimm, people will say he flies away on a spoon and stuff like that um in the updated version of the gruesome version basically because again there were a million variations on this he stomps his foot so hard it sinks into the ground up to his waist and gets stuck there not like because it's it's in his whole legs in there and he can't get it out so he grabs his left foot leg with his hands and tears himself in two sure or he just stomps his right foot or i don't know why it specifies right stomps his foot so hard it the ground opens up and he just like falls into the hollow chasm that we all know exists underneath every ground like i mean that's how the shit that's how the earth works yeah exactly well i mean we live on the outside of a hollow eggshell so he stomped his foot hard enough to break the mantle and open up the open break the crust and open up to the fucking mantle that humanity has been unable to like reach that's just a tuesday afternoon for rumpelstiltskin that's the story of rumpelstiltskin I would like to give a quick shout out to shout out and call out to Once Upon a Time, the TV series, <laughs> because it is, as I have described before, a, uh, a soap opera with fairy tales. Uh-huh. I have watched every single episode. But anyway, the first couple seasons are pretty good. Um, it's, ri- it's ridiculous. Like I said, it's a fairy tale soap opera. The, there is a character, Rumpelstiltskin, played by Robert Carlyle who is a Scottish actor, and he does an absolutely fucking wonderful job. Leave a comment. Nope. Let me try that again. Like and subscribe. Sure. Leave a review on iTunes or whatever app you're using to listen to this if you would like. Please share this with people you think might be interested in mythology and stuff. And if you have any requests, you can tweet at us at The Unfair Folk on Twitter or email us at unfairfolk, no the and that one because somebody already took that one apparently, uh, at gmail.com. <laughs> I, do you remember your sign off? Uh, yeah, I'm your connective tissue co-host, Foster. Okay, you uh, said it that's... right this time. And I am your kidnapping co-host, Jack. We really need a better Bye. sign off. We need like a sign, <laughs> we, you know how like some podcasts have like a catchphrase, like goodnight, Night Vale? We need a sign No, off. I listen to very tweet at us with suggested sign-offs if if you have a fucking clue instead of just bye but until then bye